we believe you are God and in control. Welcome to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Brand, a ministry of Worship Generation Church located in Fountain Valley, California. For more information, please visit us at www.worshipgeneration.com. Now let's join Pastor Joey as we study through the Bible. Let the nations be glad, all his saints rejoice. And let the people sing praises. Jesus is our cornerstone, and he's never going to leave us nor forsake us. He is the looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. If we spend a lot less time looking into things that grieve us, upset us, and and enrage us and spent more time looking into Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, we'd have better perspective on the human experience. And Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branches, abide in me, you'll bear much fruit, but apart from me, you can do nothing. So when I think of Jesus being the cornerstone of our person, we were made by Christ and for Christ. Our, our existence is in Christ, spirit, mind, body. We were made to know God and coming to faith in Jesus Christ and being restored to the lost fellowship of a fallen world, restored to the kingdom that's coming, we now serve God. It, everything is the relationship with Christ. That's why when Paul wrote the Corinthians, he said, we're being transformed from glory to glory as in a mirror. Moses, when he saw the Shekinah glory of the Lord in Exodus there in the early, uh, I think it was chapter 32, he was in the cleft and the glory went by, but the glory faded from his face, so eventually he didn't have to wear the veil. But we are moving toward glory, not from glory. Moses moved retracted from glory under the law. We're moving toward glory in grace. So as we think about 2019, and this is where it's pretty common, short-term, mid-term, long-term goal in my relationship with the Lord is to just be more who I'm meant to be in Christ. It's not complicated to, to wake up seeking the Lord, to wake up making time for his word. I mean, when you know, we all know, when you start the day with his word, I mean, you, there it is. You start the day like, oh, you know, it's like, what? Now forget the Bible study. I'm going to respond to this right now. This is a bad decision. Bad decision. Oh, good decision. No phone. No distractions. Time with the Lord. Jesus got up early before the sun rose to spend time with the Father, and he always did those things that please the Father. Priority number one, spend time with Jesus. Become more like Jesus. You don't spend time with Jesus so you can become more like Jesus. You spend time with Jesus because Jesus is heaven, heaven sees us, and we're made for Jesus. <laughs> That's, he is the bread of life. He's the manna that came down from heaven, right? It's like he, our fullest joy, our fullest sense of purpose, our fullest sense of peace in the human experience is when we are abiding in Christ and we are spirit-filled. And if you're abiding in Christ, you are spirit-filled. And this world needs more spirit-filled women. It needs more spirit-filled men. It needs more spirit-filled millennials. It needs more spirit-filled Gen Xers. And it definitely needs more spirit-filled baby boomers. And as we spend time with the Lord and we take in his word and we pray and we meditate and we slow things down and we downshift, we are moving toward becoming more the person we're meant to be for all eternity. 
in the character of what he's working in us. And we do take on the mind of the Spirit. We're told to have the mind of Christ. And we're told to meditate on things that are lovely and praiseworthy and of good rapport. So as we spend time with Jesus and spend time in the Word and spend time in prayer, and we let the primary influences of our life be spiritual of the kingdom that we can control, that's the highest priority of goals you could possibly have in 2019. That's, that's a universal goal for a common denominator goal for the body of Christ. Spend more time with Jesus. How can you go wrong? It's not a difficult play call. It's very simple. He's the chief cornerstone. So the more time that we spend with him, the more we're preparing our, our thought process, our spirit, mind, and body, our whole total being for the kingdom. Because we're told to set our mind on things above, not on things of this earth. And Paul said, forgetting the things that are behind, we press on to what lies ahead. Remember, it was forward, onward, and upward from Philippians. So short-term, mid-term on growing in Christ is like day by day. It doesn't eat. This year, I, like last year, I read a lot of books for coaching. I read some books for ministry as well. It just build your faith. Get a couple good books. Read a couple good Christian biographies about people who gave everything for the kingdom. John and Betty Stam, you know, read about them and what they gave of their lives for China. You know, be inspired. Reread Hudson Taylor's Spiritual Secret, Amy Carmichael, A Chance to Die. Read about people who's really left a legacy as ancestors, but not in the ground ancestors, but raised in glory ancestors who leave us a legacy to follow that so we can fulfill our calling. For when we lose our life, we find it. Grow in the inner woman, the inner man that's in Christ. That's goal number one in the cornerstone category number one. Number two is the family unit. We talked about this a couple weeks ago again. God has ordained and blessed the family unit. There in Genesis chapter 2, where he mentioned this on Christmas service, but God spoke everything in existence, but he formed man, because we're the crown jewel. And he formed woman from man, because she's the crown jewel. God loves humanity. And he brought the woman to the man, and the two became one. God ordained the family unit. God defines marriage. One of the dissenting Supreme Court justices, when gay marriage was approved by the Supreme Court a few years back, one of the dissenting judges against that said, I fear we are transgressing against God because we are changing the definition of marriage that existed from the dawn of creation. And once we cross this line, we cannot come back. And so it is. But Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So kings and queens and prime ministers and governments come and go. And communists come and go, socialists come and go, capitalists come and go. But Jesus is the king. And this is his universe. And we are the crown jewel. And to settle for less than his best is to settle for less than his best. He died on the cross to give us his best. And the family unit is the social government that he's given for all humanity by which he's defined to bless the man and the woman in that relationship and to produce a future generation from that relationship. God has given the husband to the wife and the wife to the husband in those cases. And we know for singleness, God has blessed that so you can be married to the Lord and it's, you're better to serve the Lord that way. And there's always generations sharing the planet. 
So one generation's raising the next one, but then the one that's raised has to take care of the older one as they're fading into eternity. You think that went through yet? Because that's the preview of coming attractions. And the family unit is so special with the Lord that we need to have vision in 2019 for the family unit. We need to have goals for the family unit. We need to have vision for how to bless our parents, whether they appreciate it or not. Because some of you lost your parents this year, and some of you lost your parents last year, and some of you will lose your parents next year because it's the human experience. How can I be a greater blessing to my father and my mother? How can I be a greater blessing to my grandparents while they live? How can I be a greater blessing to my adult children? How can I be a greater blessing to my younger children, my teenage children? How can I be a better blessing to my grandchildren? How can I bring more of Christ into the equation of these relationships to elevate them? Because if this is my last year, I've got one year to leave a legacy with a three-year-old that lives in Newport Beach, my granddaughter. And she might not even remember me because it gets, you don't know if it's the video or your memory, right? But our walking with the Lord puts in motion the sowing of the seed for the reaping of the harvest through faith in the lives of those closest to us. Vertically to parents, vertically to children, horizontally to siblings. God has blessed the family unit. And he's Lord over it, as he makes very clear in the teachings of the gospel, but he blesses the family unit. We need clear vision and goals of how we can better serve the people of the social unit God puts above all other social units. See, where where big government fails is it seeks to replace the family unit or redefine it. And so unlike these communist type of nations or even under the Nazis, the Nazi youth are raised by the government instead of the family. But it is our responsibility from the scriptures that one generation shall proclaim your praises to another. And it is our responsibility that we rise up and we go in the field, we'll talk about the Lord to our children. It's our responsibility, Joshua said, as for me and my house, you guys can serve whoever you want to serve, but as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. You can serve the gods on the other side of the river, but we are going to serve the Lord. And that's more than a sign at your front door that says, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. It's laboring in prayer. It's going out of your way to bless. It's confronting and holding accountable. It's a day-to-day dependency upon the Lord to understand how each of us in this room can be better used in 2019 to bless the immediate family that God brought us into. The in-laws. How can we be a blessing to the in-laws? How do we, how do we build those relationships? They go through different seasons. I'll tell you one thing. There's no room for bitterness in the human experience, so you can be sure there's no room for bitterness in the family unit. It'll kill you. What are your goals for 2019 with family, with your spouse? I mean, it's easy to think the 32nd year of marriage should be like the 31st year of marriage, but maybe not. Shouldn't it be better? Shouldn't it be? Can I get an amen? 
Wives, would you prefer that the next year of marriage is better than the previous year of marriage with your husband? Yeah, for sure. And adult children, wouldn't you want to improve relationship with your parents in 2019? Don't you guys want a better relationship with your parents? Where it's possible? The younger children are here tonight that with Broderick, but we could ask them that. You and the Lord, cornerstone. You and your family. It's the foundation. See, churches come and go. Jobs come and go. All these things come and go. But in the end, you usually die with your family by your side and with Jesus as your Savior. That's your cornerstone. That's your foundation. Now come up here. Here's the body of Christ, the church. Let's talk about the body of Christ. We need goals for the church. Now, we are his workmanship, creating Christ Jesus for good works before time began. So when we give our life to Christ... We are given gifts. We know that from Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12. Ephesians 4 says that pastor equips the saints for the work of the ministry. We each do our part. We build up the body of Christ. And, the, and there's a benefit to uh, the body of Christ. So we think, I think faith, family, function. Keep it simple. Function, faith, family, function. What we do here together, when we're praying for one another, when we're ushering at the doors, when we're serving the children's ministry and we're doing these things, we are functioning in our community. And this community is not limited to politics, sports, academics. This community is bought with the blood of Jesus Christ and it is held together by the spirit of the living God who gives gifts to function in this community. And we are interdependent upon one another, like the nose, the hands, the feet, the ears, the eyes. And every one of us that calls Worship Generation Home Church, or if you're visiting from another church and you think about your home church, you have a specific God-ordained, God-purposed role in time, space, and matter in 2019 for what you're called with the gifts God's given you to benefit and interact with that community. So when you think about goals for 2019, ask yourself, Lord Jesus Christ, as your servant, what would you have me to do in the body of Christ in 2019? Is it the same as 2018? Or is there more that you would seek from me from 2019? There are many different gifts. Some of our gifts function with structure and design. Some, they just happen organically, and that's fine. But it's not a spectator community. It's a participation community. And really, it's not for me to say the evaluation of participation is for you in the mirror with Jesus Christ. I'm going to give an account for my role in this church as the pastor on the day of Christ Jesus. My role in the Calvary movement. I'm going to give an account of that, I'm certain. And as I look at 2019, I have definitely purposed, I want to turn up. Well, as Jeremy Camp said in one of his CDs, uh, speaking louder than before. I had someone tell me a few months ago I need to turn down the volume. I thought, yes, to everything that defends Christ, but I must turn up the volume to everything that is obedient to the Holy Spirit. And it is my intention in 2019 to turn up the volume 
and increase the base, by the way. We have the truth. We have the keys to the kingdom. And the forces of hell, under the power of Satan, would seek to turn down the volume. No. No. Everything that is Jesus Christ needs to be turned up, speaking louder than before in 2019. Faith, family, function. What is it in 2019 that the Lord has for you with function in the local body of Christ? And not just that you have a prayers and a vision for the local church, but not just the local, but the global. Because people don't just randomly end up in a foreign country. It's, it, it comes from within. And maybe God wants you to go somewhere that you're not even, well, you know. Remember Matt, Matt Erickson was here for Christmas service, the deacon. And Matt was minding his own business for a decade here. Such a nice guy, Mr. Matt. All the children's ministry, all this wonderful ministry and all this fruit. And suddenly it comes in his mind he's supposed to go to Vietnam. Well, that's a random thought. Like, who wakes up and says, oh, I want to go to Vietnam, you know? I mean, it, I mean, it can happen, but it's probably not going to naturally. And, you know, I try to avoid communist countries, just for the record. You know, like, just make that clear. You know, just given a choice, right? But after a year, the Lord confirmed it. And when Matt was visiting at Christmas service, where was he visiting from? Vietnam. Where's he got fruit? Vietnam. You know, they lost a whole generation in Vietnam. We lost 55,000 people. They lost a whole generation, north and south. So the streets of Hanoi are filled with young people. Matt says he's one of the oldest people in the country. Mr. Matt. And they need a shepherd, and he's there. But he was serving here as God called him to serve there. There's an order. Function. Fresh vision for the function. Can I get an Amen. Amen. And last but not least is your witness to the world. We'll just call that fruit just because we like four F's tonight. Faith, family, function, fruit. Because fruit is the conversion. Well, there's a lot of kinds of fruit, but reaching the lost. So that fourth category of goals that I would have, so my walk, my family, body of Christ as a pastor, and then my witness in the world. Well, I've had a lot of that the last couple of years. The jury's still out on how effective that was, but time will tell, just like it tells for you at your workplace. It'll tell for me. It'll tell for all of us. But the last thing I want to leave you with tonight is thinking about your witness. Because in Acts 1-8, Jesus said, you'll be my witnesses. And that is action and words. Some people, they're all words, but no action. Some people are all action, but no words. But it is both. And our speech is to be seasoned with salt, as it were, that we can win people. That how we serve them. We're going to step into eternity. And we don't get a second chance to let our light shine. We don't get a second chance to be the salt of the earth. This is it. This might be the last year for some of us in this room. I say that every year. And in fact, it is. Almost inevitably, I can go back and look at any last service of the year. And there's someone here who stepped into eternity in that next calendar year. One of these years, it'll be me. It might be you. Some of you may have dodged death this year. There you're here. But ultimately, 
we have this eternal family that we function in that will transcend time, space, and matter, but we are trying to reach our society for Christ in our words, in our action. And, you know, with so much loud noise outside these doors where people just get so uh, inflamed in their minds, it, it almost seems like there's this delusion over the entire planet where people are just out of their minds. Like rational people are irrational. Just, it's, it's like madness. We just keep it simple. We just keep it simple. Jesus is the Savior. We demonstrate the life of Jesus and how we treat people. And we declare the gospel as the doors are open, we share the gospel. And people can get weird. People can get angry. People can ask questions. We just don't know what the response is going to be. But we are his witnesses. We, the church of Jesus Christ, worship generation, we are his witnesses. And I believe it's a good thing for us all to think about goals and vision for how the people around us that don't know the Lord and even like, how is our witness? You know, how are my actions at work? How are my reactions at work? You know, am I glorifying Christ and how I handle myself in these things? Do I need to tell someone I'm sorry? People rarely say they're sorry in the world. That's, that, you know, sometimes the best way to be a witness is to say you're sorry. It's like, wow, you said you're sorry. Or do what no one else wants to do. Then eventually people ask you. Or, you know, if you ask people a lot about their life, they'll eventually ask you about yours, right? Can I get an amen? I mean, you can ask people, you ask them a lot of questions, they're like, so now, what, what, now what's your story? And then that's your opportunity to be a witness. All we need to do is testify of God's faithfulness in our life. the purpose of our life. The church is to build up one another and function, but we're to produce fruit. We're to produce fruit. And that fruit is reaching the lost. And if you're callous toward the lost, and if you're callous toward any people group, any gender, even mixed genders, you are missing the gospel. Let me say that again. If our hearts, and I'll include myself, are callous toward anybody of 8 billion people on this planet, we are missing the gospel. Because Christ came to save. God's love the world that he gave his son. And he came to save the souls on this, planet, on this planet. And we are to value every soul from the point of conception to the last breath. And if we truly value every soul, then we're going to learn through the power of Christ to forgive the souls that rub us wrong or leave a bad taste in our mouth. And because you'll say, oh, I love everybody. I'll defend the rights and life of anybody. But then God sends someone in your life that, that refines you, that you end up like having malice toward you, like, oh, anyone but them. But it's them too. You know, the gospel is most effective when we forgive our enemies. That's why Jesus makes it so critical that if we're his disciples, we forgive our enemies. Because even a tax collector forgives a tax collector. We need to forgive our enemies. This is my vision for 2019. Growing in personal faith. Imparting the kingdom to my family on all levels. Functioning at the highest capacity in the local church, in the Calvary Chapel movement, and the universal church. And a renewed vision 
on how I can be more fruitful in my witness for Jesus Christ. Short-term, mid-term, long-term. That's my heart to you, Jesus' chief cornerstone. And I want to be the cornerstone of my faith, which he is, my family, his church, and my witness. If you build your life, which is relationships with the Lord, people in the home, people in the church, and people in the world, if you let Jesus be the cornerstone in 2019, you will have a fruitful year. It'll be a good year. 2018, it is what it is, right? It is what it is. Great expectations for greater things than we've ever seen from the Holy Spirit in the church age. That's my vision for 2019. But it really begins when I look in the mirror. And I just want to encourage all of us to love God, love people, and just everything you got for the kingdom right now. It's time to out-hustle the kingdom of darkness. And we do that with Jesus being the cornerstone and just being real and keeping it simple. You've been listening to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Baran. If you would like more information about the ministry of Worship Generation, visit us online at www.worshipgeneration.com, where you can listen to the podcast of today's entire message. Worship Generation is located at 10350 Ellis Avenue in Fountain Valley, California. Our service times are Saturday evenings at 6 p.m. and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. And also follow Pastor Joey on Instagram under the tag name at Joey Brand. Thanks for listening and God bless. Not ashamed of the gospel. Not ashamed, not ashamed of the one I love. Not ashamed, not ashamed of the gospel. Not ashamed, not ashamed.